Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. Uh, for this episode, I wanted to delve into my rejects pile. You see, I have tons of ideas I would love to present to people for this podcast, but not all of my ideas make it past the final cut. Whether I couldn't stretch a concept to a full-length episode, or the medium of an audio podcast just wouldn't really mesh with the concept, or simply because someone else has already covered the topic in great detail, I present to you my hodgepodge of ideas, the reject pile. So, you can time travel. This is like one of an I, I think of sometimes, where would I go? What would I want to see? I like history, so I would like to see a whole bunch of stuff. I think I would want to see the construction of Gobekli Tepe. It's a, a mysterious structure that was built in what's now Turkey. And it was built back 9,500 years ago, a really, really long time ago, back when there was, they just thought it was hunter-gatherers, uh, people they thought never would have been able to construct such a large um, structure, basically. They thought only farmers could do that. But when do you go? Not where, when, because it's time travel. Do you go to the Renaissance, hang out with the people wearing masks, and they're coming up with different European philosophies and stuff like that? you go to the turn of the 20th century so you could be an outlaw in the uh, american wild west do you have let me ask you though do you have space travel as well because earth is hurtling through space at, at an unfathomable speed if you travel through time and not space even if it's just like a one day jump in time you'll end up stranded in outer space so you you don't just travel in time you got to travel through space as well we like to think that earth is always just sitting in one spot so if you time travel you would just be in that same spot but that's not how it works earth is moving through the cosmos really fast so you need space travel too do you and here you know do you bring back a boom box let's say you do have space travel and it works do you bring back a boom box and just blow people's minds with music they've never heard or better yet do you learn an instrument and play melodies that are world famous now uh, but back then would just blow them away and they would basically worship you as a musical genius Every day, I walk for one to two hours in the park with my dog. The other day, I was listening to some heavy metal music, and I wondered, like really heavy metal music, I wondered, what would this music do if it were played at high volume, at high volume, for an ancient Viking army preparing for battle? You know, food for thought. It would probably enrage them, juice them up, and they would just destroy people. I got this idea from a video a guy who goes into way more detail than I do, and thinks of a lot of things um his youtube channel's name is e-x-u-r-b-1-a i know it's odd but he exerbia but um and he has a video called unlimited rice pudding it sounds weird but he his end goal is basically he would go back get the world the you know the communities to basically worship him he would conquer the world and then he would just make them give him rice, unlimited rice pudding. It's a really interesting video. He's a smart dude. The next thing, it wouldn't really do well for a full-length audio podcast, but it's really awesome. Femto Photography. I uh, was watching a TED Talk on this. It was pretty interesting, and I think you'd like it. Um, here, I'll let the guy talk about it for himself. I'll present you a new type of photography. Femtophotography, a new imaging technique so fast that you can create slow motion videos of light in motion. And with that, we can create cameras that can look around corners beyond line of sight, 
or see inside our body without an X-ray, and really challenge what we mean by a camera. That guy's name is Ramesh Raskar. No guarantee on the pronunciation. And his TED talk is called "Imaging at a Trillion Frames Per Second." He goes. Uh, he talks about his femtophotography, and what came to my mind was basically a superpower. I love comic book superheroes, and I have, uh, and I always have, and I since I was a little kid. Science has been doing miraculous things for a long time now, but this TED talk that Ramesh was talking, Ramesh presented. Um, showed a new technology that can actually allow man to harness the power to see around corners. Um, the video blew my mind, the way they showed it, and, and I highly recommend you check it out. You could actually grasp the concepts he was giving. That's the amazing thing about TED Talk. They talk about things that normally would just go over the head of normal people, but they break it down so that we can all understand it. And it's just, uh, think of the things you could do. Like he was saying, you could look around corners, you can see into people's bodies, but you could also do all sorts of things. I, for some reason, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Probably, it. Uh, I think you could you could use it in combat, or you can use it for you know police stuff. You can see around corners. It's just amazing that you can actually do that with a camera now. And this guy figured it out. So that's awesome. We have a superpower, and it exists. Uh, but what what superpower would you pick? That's another thing I think of a lot. As I said, I'm a big comic book guy. So the question is left my lips quite a few times what superpower would you pick there is a good would you rather question on the subject would you rather have the ability to fly or invisibility i find this would you rather is actually quite revealing um about whomever participates flying is fun and freeing and pretty much any anyone would love to fly right but when you give someone the option of invisibility it opens up, certain people it opens up something in their mind to a lot of mischievous opportunities for them so the people who pick invisibility, I find, usually have a little bit of a dark side to them that they're very familiar with, where if you are, if they pick flying, they're like, ah, I don't need to do that stuff. I just want to experience fun stuff. Now, my superpower would be to stop time whenever I, or more like to pause time whenever I choose for however long I choose and add in that I could allow anyone of my choosing to join me in halted time. And it's perfect. I could gain entry to just about anywhere. I could make weekends last as long as I like. I could even pause time during an argument to formulate the perfect response with a cool head, you know, calm, collected head, come up with the perfect response, seem like this really smart, savvy, charismatic dude. The possibilities are endless. I got this idea from this corny movie uh, from 2002 called Clock Stoppers. What if you had the power to stop time? I put the poster on the blog and it's... It's so 2000s. It's so hokey. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> next thing I wanted to talk about is wingsuiting. It's a sport that's super dangerous. People die at such high rate, yet the ones who pack, practice it seem to be so dedicated to the sport. In a story segment by HBO Sports hosted by Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble's an amazing um, reporter. He's awesome. But in, the, in a report that HBO was doing... A famous wingsuiter was going to do a low-risk flight as a demonstration for the story. They're like, hey, I'm doing this flight. Why don't you come film it? During that run, it was supposed to be routine run, he shattered both his shins on a rock while flying through the air. Just shattered him and, like, crash-landed to the ground. The dude was back wingsuiting within months after recovery. Like, what? Think of the, 
the physical therapy he had to go through and all that stuff and and how much suffering he had and not only that how many f- other friends of his he had seen die doing this sport and after that horrific injury he's like yeah i'm gonna go back to wingsuiting i just have a bit of a limp now dude i i couldn't it's like are we as humans so attracted to the idea of flight that we will risk our lives to experience one small version of flying just this squirrel wingsuit through the air it blows my mind i don't I kind of get why they would do it, though, even though it makes no rational sense and it's so dangerous. Just try to imagine yourself wingsuiting. I play a video game called Steep with my buddies, and you can, you know, it's extreme sports, but it's a video game. It's just a screen. Even that is really fun to wingsuit. Now I'm I'm thinking about buying a game where you can do it with my VR headset, Um, but that wouldn't, I can't imagine what to do in real life. You could feel, feel the suit through your hand. You could feel the wind underneath your, your arms. It would be amazing, but is it worth it? I I, I kind of get why they do it, but it'd be so dangerous. Another philosophical, get a little philosophical here. I had to, I get into deep thought a lot. The other day I was lying in bed when a peculiar concept decided to knock on the inside of my skull until I wrote it down. You know those metal pegs you see at diners and some restaurants? The ones that the cashier uses to hold your receipt when she's finished ringing up your bill. She basically takes the receipt and stabs it onto the spike and then she can just accumulate those receipts on that spike. If you've never seen it, Google it. it but it's basically just think of it as a metal thing that holds your, your uh, receipt. Whatever you call it, a cashier spike, a receipt holder. I thought of it as a metaphor for how we catalog memories for a day. The receipts are our memories. Instead of pieces of paper documenting ex- exchanges of money, we save memories of happiness, intrigue, sadness, anger, and so forth. The receipts are taken off at the end of the day and are sorted, but the spike remains. People say we are the accumulation of memories, but I don't think that is true. We aren't the receipts that are sorted at the end of the day. We are the metal spike. We are the one that sorts them. So I, that whole, we are what, we are just a accumulation of memories. I don't think we are. We're the thing behind the memories Deciding what to do with them, deciding what narrative we should create with those memories. I don't, it was really deep thought I had, and it was all because of this metal spike. Um, once again, all of these concepts I actually put some kind of visual aid, either a picture or the, a video that, that made, made me think of the concept on my blog. So this might be a really good one to check out the blog. But last I want to talk about is kind of a natural phenomenon, a unique natural phenomenon, the periodical cicada. This year, 2021, marks the 17th year since the emergence of Brood 10, uh, Roman numerals 10, also known as the Great Eastern Brood. Back in 2004, I was a little kid who had just graduated from fourth grade in elementary school. I remember visiting my grandparents, Nen and Papa, over the summer, and I remember seeing huge swarms of these black flying bugs all over the place. Each and every one of them made about as much noise as those annoying noisemakers that toys that little kids love to use so much they're super loud i think it's it's both a defense mechanism uh birds don't dare near go that close to something that loud um and also i think it's a mating thing they try to signal it for mates that was brood 10 the great eastern brood of the periodical cicadas in the united states and it was such a big memory like it was such a freaky thing to see this huge swarm of cicadas people like to call cicadas um Locusts, but that's not true. Locusts are actually grasshoppers that turn into a completely different thing. So cicadas, locusts, not the same thing. They're called magicicada species, spend almost the full length 
of their long lives underground feeding on xylem fluids from the roots of deciduous forest trees in the eastern United States. In the spring of their 13th or 17th year, mature cicada nymphs emerge in the springtime at any given locality synchronously and in tremendous numbers. After the prolonged developmental phase, the adults are active for only about four to six weeks. The males aggregate into chorus uh, centers and attract mates really, really loud. And I, apparently they know they're just trying to attract mates, but I think it's also a defense mechanism. Mated females lay eggs in the stems of woody plants within two months of the original emergence of the life cycle is, is complete and the adult cicada disappear for another 13 to 17 years. Part of the Great Eastern Brood's territories back where I grew up in South Central Pennsylvania. Now I live in Pittsburgh at the western end of the state, which is part of Brood Number 8. Uh, brood 8 emerged back in 2019 and won't emerge again till 2036. But I'll be going back to my hometown area to witness the rare natural spectacle because it is a spectacle. It's amazing. It's like this biblical thing you're witnessing. Uh, and I look forward to seeing it again. We also have another thing. We have the mayflies out in Harrisburg that they just, I was at a uh, Harrisburg Revolution gate, or not York Revolution, the Harrisburg Senators, and I saw the huge swarm of mayflies come in. It's just amazing. You feel, it feels like a, like a biblical type event. So check that out. The natural world is amazing. I like uh, talking about these hodgepodge of ideas, my reject piles. I hope you guys do too. And I'll probably be doing this again sometime. Thanks for listening, Huda Thunkers. Until next week, catch you later.